Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are talking today, kind of putting a bow tie on the Baker Mayfield week, really. I mean, we we could spend time, guys, as we reviewed quarterback sort of wasting uh, discussion points on uh, Case Keenum. And I, I just think that Case Keenum and Nick Mullins are non-factors. Maybe Nick Mullins ends up being the Browns' backup quarterback next year. I'm not sure. I just have a hard time envisioning him or Case, who I think will be cut mattering to very much, uh, I guess, important factors of the of the upcoming season and beyond. Now, like I said, Mullins could be the backup, and we saw him in one game, and I'd be fine with that. He can do some things okay, and he's cheap, as we know. Uh, Keenum, to me, who's done a nice job uh, in what he's been asked to do here. He went 2-0 and last year, uh, is, is clearly not the fringe starter he was when he arrived in Cleveland, as things have worn on. Uh, but I don't think either of those guys uh, factor very much into the rest of the year. So as we did quarterback week, really didn't want to waste too much time there. My opinion still, though, is that Keenum will be gone and there will still be an opportunity, whether through practice squad or if the Browns pay up for a quarterback other than Baker Mayfield, or even if they just keep the status quo, I guess, could be fine to keep Nick Mullins as the backup. So uh, we've talked about Mayfield a, a bunch of different ways this week. We've talked with... Jordan Zerm earlier this week about you know the potential uh, um, choices on the market whether they should go that route or another route uh, that was an, a nice episode we did Matt Waldman revisiting Mayfield's 2018 scouting report and kind of updating how he's done with his strengths and weaknesses perceived when he was coming into the NFL and then uh, just yesterday we had Nicole um, from the for Pete's sake podcast who does a great job she's Brown's babe on Twitter and we talked kind of how Baker Mayfield finds the best version of himself moving forward. So all of those are meant to enlighten about uh, you know what the status quo is, what the future could be, what decisions they can make, how Mayfield can move forward in Cleveland, whether he can mentally move forward. Wanted to examine all of that stuff. So we did. Uh, I've covered this topic through article. If you did not read my article on where Baker Mayfield struggles, uh, occurred last year and where they trace back through the early portions of his NFL career, that is out for your consumption as well. So I have covered Baker Mayfield. I've put my opinion out there about him about as well as I can. I'm pretty entrenched in my stance. I have no problem with Mayfield being back next year if they decide to go that route, but I also understand discussing realistic options that are upgrades to the current quarterback. So that is what we have done. All right, if Mayfield is back, I want to address this draft class with some mid-round guys who could be of interest to push Mayfield or be a, a guy in the future. So that's why I want to have a chat with Corey Kennan on mid-round draft prospect quarterbacks. Let's get there now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty, so we are shifting to the idea of talking about draft quarterbacks. Now, going to bring in Corey Cannon. Corey, I uh, hope you're doing well, man. Thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. Anytime. I'm happy to be here. Of course. So let's let's start with with this. It is it is not a draft to me, and I have not studied it nearly as deeply as you do because you're 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 grinding this stuff when I'm when I'm really really looking at brown stuff. You get a you get a real good head start on this, and and that's okay. I've accepted that I can't do two jobs, and people like you out there who kick butt with the draft, and I try to catch up as best I can by draft time. But I want to talk about quarterbacks in this draft because I don't from the outside looking in and I've started to, to peek around at some of these guys, there's not a guy that you would sell the farm for now. Like this is a draft where Corey, it would have been awesome to have had guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes uh, hovering about that 10th pick, you know, cause you're pick 13 and you could move up, right? You could go after it. You got the, uh, not the same as an Alex Smith type situation, but a situation where, you could have gotten aggressive if there were good quarterbacks kind of hovering near the top of the draft. I don't think I have any faith having watched these guys on Saturdays. I don't think of the big names, the pickets, the Ritters, the Corals. I don't have faith that there's a guy out there that I want to spend even a first round pick on period, but I'll let you answer on, on the top crop here. And if any of those guys, do you feel confident in, in the Browns considering with pick 13 or moving up or something like that, if they did get, really, really bold with the draft. Yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent on board with you there. Um, I think a lot of this movement on some of these top guys is just due to necessity and, and due to just, you know, supply and demand. I, I think we go back to last year, like there's no way we're talking about a Desmond Ritter in the first round. If this were, you know, the crop we have of last year's quarterback, there's no way we're talking about Matt crown in the first round. There's no way we're talking about Kenny Pickett in the first round. Um, but just based off of where we are uh, situationally, you know, in this in this lack of a quarterback class and the ever changing need for for quarterbacks, and this year there's a lot of NFL teams that are out there looking for quarterbacks. You're just going to see, for lack of a better term, mediocre. I don't mean mediocre in like a like a an offensive way to these guys because you know they're, they're young men and they're they're trying to do the best they can with their careers. But like these are just guys that like. I wouldn't be pressing to the top of a draft class, but that are going to be because of that supply and demand. Yeah. You start to look at the guys that are tradable. And I talked about this with, with Jordan Zern the other day where this draft is so, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's not unpredictable in the sense that I think people are predicting it's bad. I think pretty unified on it, but it's so uh, I guess it's just simple word poor that it's, that it's making people, kind of clutter up what would be a, a usually wide open trade market for quarterbacks, right? If you were, if you were out there trying to go get say Jimmy Garoppolo is the only interesting starting candidate in free agency is going to have a lot of interest, you know, even the Mariota's the backups of the world who, who, who might be guys you look to push a guy, a Mariota or 
or a, uh, 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 Mitch Trubisky, like those guys are going to get serious interest. And I think largely it's because teams are trying to find quick fixes because they don't trust what's coming in this draft class. And that is a problem. If there were three or four first round lock quarterbacks, I definitely think the trade market is easier, right? Cause, cause mm-hmm. teams are going to, uh, at the top of the draft, be taking those guys. They're not going to be as interested in going out and getting somebody. And what it does is it congests Cleveland's situation makes it even harder but I will be sort of interested if a team gets uh, kind of spicy about taking back Baker Mayfield as a means to try out that guy because they don't like any of the other answers or solutions out there. That's another thing to keep our eye on uh, as we see if the Browns actually shift off of Andrew Barry's quote about feeling like he's going to be their starter. We're always kind of looking around at what the options are because I think that's a fair thing to do. We should talk about names, though. You know, like I said the other day when we we're doing that conversation with Jordan, we looked at names in the trade market or free agency market and when we talked free agency a big part of that was finding guys who would be competent backup but push the quarterback type of situations and I think that's what you're looking for in the draft right you're looking at maybe drafting a development guy who you like his upside he comes in with flaws but you like the upside to maybe getting him and he comes in and flourishes a little quicker than expected or he gets a year of development while you watch Mayfield play out his fifth year uh, I don't know what the whole dynamic is, but you would really like to draft a guy if you do feel like going the draft route as a means to push make Baker Mayfield and see what comes of that. I don't know if it ends up turning into a win situation. I don't know if it ends up turning into a situation like Dak Prescott where he takes the job out of necessity. I don't I don't really know, but that's kind of what you're looking at or, or, or what interesting. And I'm, I think most fans are in the boat of if they do the second through fourth round area target for a quarterback what names stand out to you and why do they stand out to you? I'll let you have this one and pick two or three of your guys that you'd be interested in the Browns taking. Yeah. So we'll start out with Malik Willis, mainly because I think there's a, a still a chance Malik Willis goes day one. Um, teams are going to fall in love with his ability to perform out of structure and off platform. Um, he's got the arm strength to, you know, throw outs from, from the opposite hash and, and, and do it on a line. Um, and so he's got those tools that you look for, but there are just like some really, bad stretches of like brain dead play um, from Malik Willis, especially down the stretch, you know, throwing three picks against Louisiana Lafayette, North Texas, not playing well against army. Uh, these, these are teams that a guy who you're, you're considering as a, as a top guy in the class should be able to, to beat up against and not struggle. And, and not only from like even a talent disparity, like Liberty's not stacked with talent, but from like, Oh my God, what are you, what are you doing? Like, where are your eyes at um, perspective? So I mean, Willis is, is, is interesting, though, for that perspective of, okay, Liberty's offense is very pedestrian. It's very high school. What if we put Malik Willis in some sort of structure, like a Stefanski outside zone, um, where some of that freelancing, some of that, you know, uh, effort mentality might be tampered down just a little bit? Um, what would that look like if we we put him in some structure? Um, so that's a name that, that comes to the top. But again, the it's, it's, it's very high risk, high reward. People are going to fall in love with Willis because of Josh Allen, um, which is going to lead a lot of teams down a wrong path, I think, because Josh Allen uh, is, is a unicorn. Um, and trying to repeat that twice is not going to go well. Um, and so th- I think there will be some draw to Malik Willis for that. But again, I do have the, that wonder of like, okay, but what if you, you ask him to play in structure? Um, so that kind of intrigues me. Um, again, there's Carson Strong. Uh, I love Carson Strong, um, but you have to take Carson Strong again under the parameters of, okay, this guy lacks mobility. I think he navigates the pocket and plays within the pocket extremely well. Very, very, 
high-level pocket work maneuverability. I think it's near the top of the class. But again, he has had two knee surgeries. He isn't extremely mobile. Uh, if he has to roll outside of structure, it's not pretty. Like those things exist. Those things have to be have to be taken into account. But he has the arm. He has the accuracy. Um, I, I guess reframing the accuracy in terms of this class, he's near the top of this class in accuracy. Um, so that is, is interesting to me. I think he has enough mobility to run boot um, that he would be asked to do to, um, you know, move pockets, things like that. But uh, he's, he's not going to be a guy that's going to perform outside of structure or, or be asked to do much of anything outside of structure. Um, so that is, that is a little bit concerning. Um, the name that I love um, in this class, and I have since since the summer of, of watching him and, and charting him, is, is Western Michigan's Caleb Ellaby, though. Um, I've actually talked with Caleb a few times. Um, we, we DM back and forth occasionally as well, but uh, Caleb's got a nice arm. Uh, he's got a, he's got a really nice arm. And he's another one of those guys like Willis, though, where the college offense that he runs is extremely RPO heavy. Uh, there's no pre-snap workload to to what he's asked to do at Western Michigan at all. Uh, a lot of it is very glance read, you know, so, you know, one one look and then your eyes are backside. Um, but but I think at, at the same time, you I, I like the way that he gets his eyes backside in, in that kind of structure. Um, I've seen some nice things with his feet. Um, that makes me think he could be a good fit if, again, if he were to become a Cleveland Brown, uh, learn an NFL offense or even an offense with, diverse passing concepts for the first time in his life makes me think, okay, he could at least weather the storm of, of, of learning how to um, work off of boot and some of those things for, for really the first time in his career. Um, again, he's up there with Carson Strong. He's up there with Bailey Zappi in terms of accuracy in this class. It's not a very accurate class, um, especially compared to last year's, but uh, there's a lot to like about LB. He can drive the ball into some really tight windows. He's got a Russ-esque moon ball when he's working down the field. So that's kind of fun to watch. Um, but there's really not not a throw that that he's really afraid to take. Um, he's pretty safe with the football as well. Um, I think he just understands the windows that he's thrown into as well, which is, I mean, they're going to get smaller at the NFL level, but but I've seen him seed some some pretty tight windows and know how to how to fit it in and manipulate arm angles and things like that. So, um, really, I think the best bang for this buck is is Caleb Ellaby. Bang for the buck in this class is Caleb Ellaby. Um, you don't see underclassmen from the Mac declare that often. So you have to think he heard that, you know, there's a good chance you're going day two for him to want to enter his name a year earlier than he had to. Yeah. Um, but, but for bang for buck, that that's who I'm going with. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, he's he's interesting. I would encourage everybody to go out and watch those three names if you have not, because I think as we sit here right now at the end of January, it's it's feasible that the Browns could be looking at a mid-round draft target you got Malik Willis who's probably at the high end of that I think you got Ellaby who's the next quarterback up him and Carson Strong kind of in that third late second into third round maybe slipping to early fourth round that's kind of the range and that's where I think the Browns would be interested if they go late and they were interested in maybe taking a flyer on a four five six area zappy that kid from from western Kentucky where, where do you sit on him yeah, so I mean, he's pure air raid, um, is what he was asked to do at, at um, Houston Baptist and then at uh, Western Kentucky this year. Um, 
I mean, he he has the numbers, you know, he has the record setting numbers this year at Western Michigan, but a lot of what he's doing is, again, it's air raid. So it's either 100% lateral or 100% vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot of nuance that he has to work with. Um, his arm's just not not NFL caliber in my quality. I think, in my opinion, I think he could be a quality, you know, spot starter career backup. Um, I, I see a pathway for him to be, you know, a case Keenum, um, in the NFL. So, I mean, in that regard, I think it's, it would be a decent look, you know, day three. Um, but as far as like long-term ability to start in the NFL, I just don't see the high end arm from, from Zappy to be able to do that. Um, and I just think, you know, sometimes he's, he's pretty prone to mistakes working over the middle of the field. Um, I, I get the hype. I get it. Um, but the, the ceiling's not super high with that pick. Yeah. And I, I would yeah. I would feel I would struggle to see anything more than just, a you know, a spot starter career backup out of that. Yeah, I can understand that if a guy doesn't have the physical traits. We've seen for years, many, many guys come from those types of systems who don't translate to the NFL where everything gets more compact, everything, uh, you know, reduces in terms of the gap in speed and gap in, in athleticism between your guys and the other guys. Right. And then you get different throw types that have to be made. You have to create angles, you have to create windows, and that's a challenge and especially challenge for guys as we're seeing with Baker Mayfield who come from wide open college systems, which allow you to see things in a more conducive manner. Um, I will, I will kind of close with this Corey, so you have the status quo as we sit here right now. Who knows what they'll do? They could trade for somebody. They could sign somebody. We don't know. We're sitting in a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of guessing game right now. But if the status quo goes unchanged, you go into the draft late April and you still have Baker as your starter uh, on the roster, and then you have uh, the. I think that it's pretty universal. They're going to move on from Case Keenum as the backup. Mm-hmm. So maybe you keep Nick Mullins on a future sort of setup there. But like. Those are your two guys. Are you more inclined to roll into 2022 with Baker and Mullins as your backup and then pass on a mid-round guy in this draft and say, if it doesn't pan out, we'll go after the Bryce Young Stroud group here in 23? Or would you rather them take a guy in the mid-round this year and try to play the long game that way with a mid-round guy, second, third, or fourth round guy this year? Yeah, I think if you bring Baker back, I think you have to at least take take a dart throw at one of these guys in the mid-rounds. Um, Maybe that pick the, you just got back from, from Quasi yeah, going to Minnesota, yeah. right? So, so I think, yeah, if Baker's back, I think I think you have to at least take a dart throw. Uh, but And the reason I say that is because, I mean, the quarterback position is too valuable not to at least take a shot at. And if you take a dart throw, you know, a day two pick on an LB um, something like that, that doesn't prohibit you from, from going all in on a guy in, in 2023 either. Like that, it, it doesn't, we've seen it multiple times where teams have moved on from first rounders after one year to, to pick another one. Um, day two picks are, are, I mean, the guaranteed money attached to them is so small that, that it, it's worth taking a dart throw, even if nothing pans out of it. Like Kellen Mond is never going to start a game in Minnesota. It, that's just the reality of the situation that's going to happen. Um, although if, you know, Quessy goes the Sashi route and looks to accumulate, you know, pros- uh, draft assets and kind of tank it out Mon might, but he's not the long-term answer in Minnesota. And I think Minnesota still feels comfortable. Like, okay, that's fine. Like it's a, it's a day two dart throw, like on a guy that has some tools. I'm okay with that without committing more than just, you know, one year to the future. If we're in a position to land up Bryce on a CJ Stroud in 2023. So, um, but that's the long way of saying, you know, if Baker's back, I think you have to at least take that dart throw. Which of the uh, 23 guys do you like most as we sit here? Do you like young? Oh man, young CJ is... Stroud is, is phenomenal. He's yeah. phenomenal. Um, I think they I mean, both Bryce, make Bryce some Young big does, time. They make some big throws, man. They they, they stare down the barrel yeah. and make some throws. 
I agree. Some of the anticipatory and and eye work I've seen from Stroud though is just like this guy's a redshirt freshman. Like it's it, it was like blown away by some of the stuff that he was doing with with his eyes and just some of the windows he was anticipating throwing into over the middle of the field um, along the boundary. It's just like okay, this guy's this guy's built different. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to do obviously a lot of work this summer um, charting these these 2023 guys, uh, which is looking to be a much better class. But but for me right now, CJ Stroud. Um, it looks like he's just on another level. Yeah. Big time year coming up for him for maturity aspects and continuing to get better. Cause that's what you like to see. He just kept getting better and better and better and more reps will, will only help him. So uh, hopefully maybe we can avoid talking about 2023 quarterbacks, but as it sits now, got to consider him. This is uh this is Corey Kennan. He did a fantastic job breaking down quarterbacks for us. Make sure to keep checking out his work. Uh, is going to be a really great resource as we head toward the 2022 draft. I think you said, Corey, you're going to try to put out a little draft preview guide as well. I'm going to do my best. I'm working working hard at it. Um, you know, the the newborn life is kind of slowing that process down a little <laughs> bit, but that. I'm I'm working working as hard as I can to to knock out a lot of these reports and put together a little packet. So keep your eyes out for that, guys. Corey does great work. He dedicates a lot of time to it. Appreciate you joining today, man. Absolutely. Thanks for joining today's episode, guys. This is your weekend bonus content, and the uh, well, it won't be the last you hear about quarterbacks for the year uh, for the off season. Obviously, if something huge shakes out, we'll have some discussions, but uh, we'll meet with some people too. We have some great draft names who will who will come on and talk about some of their their opinions on some of these quarterbacks as well. So it won't be the last, but it is going to be a huge break for me. I'm I'm done talking about Baker Mayfield for a while. We're going to let it all shake out, see where the chips fall, whatever cliche you want to use. That's what we're going to do. I think I need a break from watching Baker Mayfield talking about him, and I think you guys on this podcast deserve a different topic for a while. So we flesh that out. We will talk through... Uh, we'll talk through running back week next week. A reminder, I am gone, so they will be pre-recorded. We'll put out two or three episodes next week and then get back to our usual five, six-day a week when I get back the second week of February. But I'll be gone, so it won't be the normal up-to-date thing if something big shakes out or something like that, uh, some big piece of news. I will I will try to cover it when I get back the second week of February. But otherwise, we'll get some running back topics next week. We have a great guest. We get Jordan Reed from ESPN, who's going to talk to us about some draft prospects. So that'll be out early next week for you. Keep an eye out for that. Appreciate your guys' support efforts in finding these, listening to these, and supporting the OBR through the website and the Twitch as well. Thanks, guys. Have a great Saturday and Sunday. And uh, as usual, go Browns. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.